Welcome to the Abortion Recovery Network podcast. We are group leaders helping group leaders with abortion recovery ministry through informal and casual conversations. Your hosts are Linda Keener Thomas, founder and board chair of the National Memorial for the Unborn, and Mindy Lefeshore, founder of An Even Place Virtual Abortion Recovery Ministry. As I began An Even Place in January 2022, I wanted to talk with other abortion recovery ministry leaders to share the vision I had and learn whatever I could about abortion recovery ministry. As I talked to some amazing women who I now call friends, I was surprised to learn they were as eager as I was to hear from other leaders. An idea was birthed to start a podcast of leaders by leaders for leaders from all over to share experiences, ideas, challenges, joys, and learn from one another while doing your laundry, cooking your dinner, or driving in your car. Linda and I met the fall of 2022. I shared this idea with her and she jumped on board. Our desire is to allow you to enter our conversations with other abortion recovery leaders, learn the nuts and bolts of how they lead their groups, and connect with one another to build a strong network of leaders helping leaders reach the millions suffering with an abortion experience. Today, our guest interview is with Sylvia Blakely. She is the founder of Arise Daughter. And before I go into her bio and let her talk more, I just want to tell you all that her and I have been um, talking for several months. She has been a mentor to me, and we started going through the Leadership Lessons of Jesus. It's a book uh, by Bob Briner and Ray Pritchard. It is about 74 chapters, but they're all, it's a short little book actually of just one or two um, pages all out of the um, book of Mark, the, the lessons come out of the book of Mark. So it's beautifully written. And we thought, let's share this conversation with everybody. So we get trained a lot on what to do, all the things that we need to do as leaders, but we, we rarely talk about how we need to be as leaders. Mm-hmm. And I know I need area a growth in this area. And I know we can always grow in this area. And so, um, my conversations with Sylvia have always been so rich. And so I'm so glad that you agreed to do this, Sylvia. And I just know everyone listening is going to be blessed by our conversations today. So a little bit about Sylvia. She is the founder of Arise Daughter. It is a post-abortion ministry, mentoring ministry, excuse me, with a mission to help women and men heal, train and serve in the kingdom of God. Sylvia is a registered nurse with a master's of science degree in community health from the Ohio State University. Her own abortion journey started over 40 years ago, and she has since been forgiven and set free to help others along in their journey. She is a poet, a photographer, a blogger, and an organizer of pro-life artists who is willing to use their testimony and her art to advance the kingdom of God. Recently, she became a certified or she became certified to facilitate trauma art workshops as part of a window between worlds. And that is a quote healing network. She has been featured on several podcasts with support after abortion, I rapture and heartbeat international, as well as the live action campaign can't stay silent. She's also featured in the healing portion of the play viable called viable act Two. She has helped organize two virtual summits, one to quote, sound the alarm regarding chemical abortion trauma in that was in 2022 and a second on abortion in the church, fostering reconciliation with Christ. Sylvia works with the whole life project, part of the and 
campaign to produce life-affirming videos. She was a keynote speaker for the Celebration of Restoration Luncheon in May of 2022 for the Abortion Recovery Network hosted by Pregnancy Decision Health Centers of Columbus, Ohio. Sylvia is passionate about mentoring, healing, and building bridges within the pro-life, whole life community. I love that. Her heart's desire is to be used by God to see that all who seek healing receive it. And you can learn more about Sylvia and her unique organization at artists or excuse me, ariseartists.com. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to go into chapter two. Uh, This is titled Leaders Call Followers. The uh, first thing um, I see here, actually, it says, when you feel called to lead, don't be coy, is what the author says. Follow the example of Jesus and ask them to join you. So we're talking the premise of when we're in a leadership position and we see people that we want um, helping us, that we should be asking them, not just merely waiting for them to come to us. And so what benefit is there of asking others to join us in the work? Mm. You know, I feel like, um, you know, I can easily say, well, that's the way John and Jesus did it. So sure. you know, it, it makes total sense to follow his lead on this. But, you know, when I look at how the Acts Church developed, they were force multipliers, weren't they? It's just like one person got over his his fear and his hot headedness, listened to Holy Spirit. He spoke. Three thousand people came to God and then they left and they went to their you know, it's like we are force multipliers when we work together, when we join together, mm-hmm. um, we can withstand more. We can share more blessings. We can teach and learn from one another. Um, we can learn to both lead and serve. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important for leaders to remember. Um, we can lean on one another for prayer support. And that's really, really huge. Um, so, yeah, let's let's do it like Jesus and John did it. It's OK to call people. Um Sometimes people will just wander in the door. <laughs> That's right. a wonderful thing too. You know, we'll take all comers. Um, as long as they're not speaking against Christ, as Jesus said, we'll use them. Um, but will everybody have the same trajectory? Probably not. And I know you're going to want to get into that in just a minute. So I'll leave that. <laughs> okay. Linda, did you have I think, something? I, well, I was going to say a lot of people need that calling. They don't feel like they're qualified and and we are validating them by calling them that I see something in you um and that frees them to to step into the role yeah that's a great point that's a great point so what would you say to those who fear asking others to help I think you know just maybe examining the basis of your fear um it might connect to some sort of inadequacy that you've been dealing with that you don't even know you've been dealing with. Um, it could be, you know, the sense of if I don't do it, it's not going to get done well. You know, I, I suffer from that a lot. I still do in some respects. Um, and I think part of that for me comes from this sense of perfectionism. Um, but that stems from a sense of, am I good enough? which then for me stemmed from a need for approval, which came from uh, a sense of just this deep inadequacy. So when I stopped and looked at all of the steps as to why I was afraid to speak out and ask somebody to join me, um, it really came out of fear. Mm -hmm. 
it came out of a deep-seated fear. Um, and so I think it's important that we know ourselves in that, you know, know ourselves and why it is we feel reluctant. And especially if Holy Spirit is asking us mm -hmm. to make a big ask, you know, yeah. what, it, what is that truly about? And we need to go into, I think, into prayer about that for sure, because that's the obedience that God is expecting. But sometimes it is difficult. Um, and not all of us listen when we're supposed to. <laughs> and Ray. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, and I'm thinking about, I just read um, how David was turning over, you know, his kingdom to Solomon and he, he speaks to Solomon. He says, be strong and of good courage. And it's the same words that were um, spoken to Joshua when he took over after oh, Moses. Man. And, and so not that we're talking about necessarily somebody who's going to take over our leadership, but we need to be strong in asking that next person to step up because they could be that next leader of the organization. And holding our leadership with a loose hand. Yes. <laughs> you yes. know, and willing mm -hmm. to have somebody come up behind us. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. My pastor preached the other day on not being stingy with the oil. Mm. And mm. by that, he meant when it comes time to anoint someone to do something, don't be stingy. Do it. Mm. Do it. That's a good word. Yeah. So how do we know when someone's a good fit for a particular role or position? Jesus made some interesting choices. The chapter he talks did, about. Didn't he? Yeah, go <laughs> yeah. ahead. Go ahead, Linda. Go ahead. No, yeah. no. Tell us. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I feel like, you know, um, God doesn't always call those that we think are best equipped. And, you know, that's really important for us to remember that too, that, uh, you know, how we see things is not how God sees things. So I think it's important that we keep our spiritual eyes open when we're dealing with people and not look at what we what the most obvious thing is. Um, you know, if God is making the decision, I feel like if we pray into it, then he will guide us as to how best to lead them. Um, know that they may be on a different time trajectory than we're expecting. You know, mm -hmm. again, as leaders, we're, we have a time frame that we want things to happen. And that person might be the right fit, but it might just take them a little bit longer to get there. Um, Even with we... your story, Sylvia, you know, God had you in various steps. There were the baby steps, the bigger yeah. steps, and um, had, a, like you said, a trajectory that nobody else could have figured out. Yeah. <laughs> Not even me, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> but he was patient. He was patient mm, yes. all along the way, all along the way. Um, mm. You know, I think when you see passion in a person, regardless of ability, I think that's an important thing to look for. You know, a person that's passionate about a particular area of the of kingdom ministry, that needs to be nurtured. That needs to be nurtured. People can learn skills, but it's hard to teach somebody a passion about something they don't have a passion about. So I think Good that's point. really important. Um, character matters. Mm -hmm. Character matters. Yeah. Um, and you, we know that's the hard work of Holy Spirit alone. You know, we can do some things to help um, kind of guide people along, but that is Holy Spirit hard work there. And um, sometimes the character just is not there to do that particular job. Maybe there's something else they can do, but yeah. So I don't count people out, but sometimes they get shifted around a little bit. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you know, as, as you're learning and they're learning and growing yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. So Jesus' example in recruiting, 
is to cast the widest net possible. This is what the author is saying in the book. So let's talk about the disciples and their qualifications or differences and their shortcomings and their strengths. Um, how might we best determine where to cast our net? Well, I really feel like God has put us in, in spheres of influence for a reason. You know, um, Mindy, you and I have been through this process called Align, where we look at eight different uh, spheres of influence or domain that, that God has set us in. And they're not by coincidence or, or happenstance. Mm -hmm. You know, we are at the church we're at for a reason. We, you know, we work where we work for a reason. We, you know, serve in other ministries for a reason. We have the friends that we have for a reason, you know. Um, we can't choose our family, but certainly we're closer to some family members than others for certain reasons. And those are our fishing pools. You know, <laughs> those are our places where we can easily fish, <laughs> you know, and cast a net. And again, I think people see you walking authentically in your calling. They are attracted by that. Um, just recently, I have, a, I had a family member join, um, our website that I just never would have expected to have, you know, ever gone online and, and, and joined. She's been watching me for three years, you know, and watching to see what, what is it, what is it is going on over there? <laughs> you know, um, I'm seeing things change. I'm watching Sylvia change. What, you know, how can, maybe, can I get involved in that? And so we don't know, we have no idea who's watching us. Um, and what God may have for them in that. So I, I would just say, just stop and think about where God has already planted you. And let's see, you know, how you can bloom there and who he then draws because of what it is you're doing in your calling. That's good. Yeah. Just to stop, put that on paper and think about it and then have the courage to put something out there and do it. Cause like fishing is fishing, right? So it's the same with people. You put your put your, uh, your, uh, bait in, if you will, I hate to use the word bait, but you put your hook in and, and you wait and there could be 10 fish that go by you and never bite. Right. All right. Yeah. Um, it, he kind of shifts gear a little bit here and he talks about, um, talking to your followers, talking to those that you're leading and um, a, a, a paragraph that he writes here says, whether your vision for leadership involves leading a godly family, developing a new pod product, excuse me, directing a Sunday school class, revitalizing a lackluster ministry or starting a new business, be sure you speak about it with fervor, frankness, and faith. Those you personally call to follow must be infected with your enthusiasm for the vision. So I want to spend a, bit, a little bit of time on this because we're nearing the end of our time together uh, for this session. And I just want to talk about how we keep our team engaged and energized for the work that we're doing. Mm. Well, for us, it's been living the mission. You know, we talk about the mission, but we do our best to live the mission. And so since we are a post-abortion mentoring ministry, that means uh, we mentor each other. That means we minister to one another. That means as a team, we do for one another what we would do for anyone else that came to Arise Daughter. Um, we are involved in all the messy parts of each other's lives. And I think that's really important because until somebody knows that, you know, you know what you know, they want to know that you care about them as an individual. 
And so, you know, discipleship and discipling one another is just doing life together. And so when a person understands that you care about them and love them for who they are and where God is taking them, um, they want to be on board with what it is you're doing because they can see them. They can see the ministry actually fulfilling the mission in themselves. You know, and, and what better way to know that something works if it works for you. Right. And that's, you know, kind of a selfish way to look at it. But um, I think that's part of what keeps us energized. Um, so, yeah, understanding that. Sometimes it's going to, you know, like I said, be a little messy. You know, um, there are going to be times when you're going to run into roadblocks with uh, team members and that's okay. You know, sometimes they fall off because other things are happening in their lives. Let's face it. I have a mm -hmm. couple team members who are in that sandwich generation. They're literally caring for parents and children at the same time. Mm -hmm. Are my expectations the same for them as they are for everybody else? No, because God has another mission field for them right now. And that's their family. So they do what they can do. And I'm just so grateful that they have not uh, left thinking that they're inadequate because they think I have some expectation of them. I always tell them whatever you and God purpose that you're going to do, that's what you do. You know, you don't work for me. There's there's none of that. <laughs> we are all working for God. And so, you know, just to know that where you are in the season of your life, may, you know, clip and prune you a little bit for other aspects of what I would think would be the mission of a rice daughter. That's okay. That is okay. Beautiful. So the message of our vision, um, so you talked about how we um, engage with one another as a team mm -hmm. to keep, to live the mission, but yes. what about the message of the vision? How do we um, incorporate that into every aspect of our work and our communication with one another? Um, it has to be a culture. You know, I think I'm kind of alluding to that by what I just said earlier, but it has to be a culture. I feel like it has to not ever be not who we are. Mm. <laughs> Pull that all apart, <laughs> which is to say <laughs> we are never not to look like our mission and our vision. Um, and it's because of who we are and what we do that Christ is lifted up, right? So he's going to do the drawing. It doesn't mean we have to be perfect in it. It doesn't mean that we have to, um, you know, not admit our struggles. And in fact, you know, we are supposed to confess our faults to one another. That's the messy part <laughs> of doing life together um, in a team. But that also means we can stand with one another um, in pouring that healing oil over another person and just sitting with them and, you know, praying to God for them. You know, um, it has to be the culture that you live in. Again, it's not something you walk into and walk out of, in my opinion. It is just who you are at all times pretty much and when and when we're not we know it because we know we we know each other enough now to know when when we're off when things aren't quite right yeah this chap this chapter talks about jesus um 
personally calling these disciples and telling them that he was going to make them fishers of men. Mm. I thought that was a great vision, mm -hmm. you know, and I think it's easy for us as leaders of ministries to get bogged down in the day-to-day, -day, starting groups, getting this project going, doing that project, and being faithful to come back to a big vision of, of we are reaping a mighty harvest of people and and coming back to that and not getting bogged down in the in the details of it all and and passing that vision along to our followers yeah yeah that was powerful i love what you said too uh, linda that i'm going to, i'm making you you know it's a process right mm. it is a process and jesus did not see who these men were going to be before he left the earth isn't that interesting? Mm. He did not see who they would become, not in the flesh anyway. Right. How amazing, though, that he knew that that work would be completed. Because when he starts a good thing, it gets it gets accomplished. So and people want to be a part of something big. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what gives them that passion <laughs> is is knowing that we are part together of something that God is doing that's mighty. Absolutely. Yeah. And that that work just might have been in you. <laughs> yeah. honestly yeah you know that work probably started with you yeah so when we lose that passion as leaders um we're going to struggle with that message we're going to struggle with that mission we're going to struggle with that ministry to our team um what would you say are they wh what would you say to those leaders who are struggling about their the possible things that are happening in their life and I'm not asking this very well. Um, where is their passion? Are they nearing burnout? And this is burnout's a huge topic, so I don't want to mm -hmm. get into it, but I do want to just skim it and uh, just have you address that real quick. Because when we can't speak the mission, if we can't live out the mission anymore, mm -hmm. um, I think that should be a big red flag, but I'd like you to talk about that. I, I agree. Um, where are we out of balance? You know, I think we maybe can start there. We talked a little bit about that earlier. Where are you not stealing away like Jesus did? You know, I was I was just kind of looking at to some of the places that he went when it was time for him to take a break. And uh, he went to the wilderness. He got mm -hmm. on boats. He went to gardens. He went and sat by the sea. Oh, my goodness. Jesus had a getaway plan. We need to have one. Hmm. Um, if we aren't stealing away and, and again, like we talked about before, getting fed, refilling, um, that dreaded word of burnout is inevitable. It is absolutely inevitable. So how are we renewing our mind on a regular basis? How are we feeding our soul? Yes. yes. Yeah. We have to and have time set aside. Go ahead, Linda. I'm so sorry. I guess I guess to be aware of that in our followers as well, because they they may hit burnout. And I know there were times when Jesus pulled his disciples away yeah. and said, "Okay, we need to get away from the crowd. You need a little time." And so for ourselves and for our followers. Yeah, I love that when he put them in the boat, and he sent the crowd away. Mm -hmm. I mean that that was an impactful moment, right? They had just done all of these things, and then they came back and fed all of these folks. And he said, "You know what?" I got this. I'm, I'll, I'll shut down the shop. <laughs> you guys get in the boat. And then, of course, the testing came after that. But yeah, he, he can handle sometimes when we think if we leave the shop, 
all things are going to fall apart. That is hubris. Raise my hand, been there. Yes. Um, you know, that is some arrogance mm -hmm. that's taking God out of our equation, putting ourselves where we shouldn't be. Yes, um, yes, and yes. to sometimes allow him to shut it down when he needs to yeah. and take care of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, if we don't have anything to give, like you mentioned earlier in our conversation, if we aren't filled, we have nothing to give and then we're giving ourselves and that's going to do nobody or anybody any good. So Absolutely. this was a fantastic conversation. Um, but we are coming to a close of our time for this session. So Sylvia, thank you so much for coming and spending time with us. I always enjoy talking to you. I always walk away with a lot uh, to think about and to meditate on and to take before the Lord. And I just want to ask you, um, may I put your email in the contact show notes for anybody, if they want to contact you and talk to you further. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Arise daughter at gmail.com. Okay. And you can find us on the web at ariseartists.com.